The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today, our guest is Mariana Klatt, and we'll be talking about mindfulness. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work as an executive advisor, a consultant, coach, speaker, and author of an award-winning book series talking to leaders about how to innovate or update how they lead. I also serve as an adjunct faculty member at universities in the U.S. and Germany. Marianne is an associate professor of clinical family medicine at The Ohio State University. Her research mission is to explore mind-body interventions for the workplace that can enhance individual and community health, well-being, and functionality. She accomplishes this mission through interdisciplinary teaching, research, and service. Through her development and research of Mindfulness in Motion, a mindfulness-based intervention designed for the workplace, she's able to explore the efficacy of this technique. This protocol has been licensed to an OSU startup. So this show, Innovative Leadership, is really designed to help leaders update how they lead. And part of that, in my mind, is preparing us to deal with the volume of change we're facing in this current environment. And mindfulness is one tool that I personally have found very helpful and working with Mariana has been helpful to me. I really appreciate her as a colleague and friend as well as a world-class researcher. So I'm delighted to have her here with us today talking about her work and my goal is that everyone walk away with something they've heard from Mariana that they can apply in their work immediately. This ability to reduce our stress and build resilience is required for us to navigate the complexity we're facing in this era and a level of complexity that's not going to get better. So if the complexity doesn't go down, our resilience and our capacity to deal with and metabolize change has to go up. And her work is really brilliant in helping each of us navigate our way through that. So the outcome of today's talk with Mariana is to expose you to her work in mindfulness-based interventions and specifically talk about how leaders can use these interventions to improve their leadership and effectiveness as well as encourage their employees to do the same so that we improve our capacity to serve our clients, reduce our stress, and become more happy and productive at work. This intervention or these interventions are particularly helpful again in managing the volume of change and the stress associated with it as we move our organizations forward. So Marianne, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and then we'll move into your academic research and mindfulness uh, foundations. Maureen, thanks so much for inviting me to be part of this great program. Um, I'm really thrilled to be here today, so thank you. Uh, I am a professor in the College of Medicine in the Department of Family Medicine at Ohio State University here in Columbus, Ohio, and I feel very fortunate to be able to take my research beyond the pillars of academia into the workplace because that's where I really envision that change uh, has the capacity to happen. So. Um, my research basically is using mindfulness, which is awareness of the present moment, to help people understand their reaction to stress as the thing 
that can be causing them problems um, by becoming more aware of what their reactions are. And then once you become aware of what your reactions are, then you have the capacity to, to change those reactions. So how did you get into this? Well, um, I am a yoga teacher and a mindfulness meditation teacher. I went to University of Massachusetts and John Kabat-Zinn, Saki Santorelli, um, had a 10-day training and it was for healthcare professionals in terms of how to teach mindfulness-based stress reduction. And I was so impressed with their program and, and their research results, I was just blown away by. But I was fascinated by the fact that I thought that what they offered to patients that were struggling with chronic pain, those same principles could be applied to people in the workplace. So just as patients can lead themselves to understand the process of pain, I think workers can understand the process of finding things stressful in the workplace. We all have stress. <laughs> right. <laughs> workplace and home. Yeah, that's true. That That's true across everybody. So how does it tie directly to leadership? The way that I think it ties to leadership is that we each lead ourselves in our own lives. And once you start to view yourself as having the capacity to lead yourself in your own mm -hmm. life, it's empowering. Okay. And I think that's an exciting concept to give the individual the power to understand that the way they choose to react to something can sculpt their reality. That's, as I teach resilience, it, it is one of the foundations is mindfulness mm -hmm. and managing my thinking. Mm -hmm. So first I have to be aware of it. Uh -huh. And so often we go through our day and aren't even aware that our bodies are a ball of stress, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. one, of, one of the tools we've used is the, this kind of feel your feet planted on the ground and just take a few deep breaths. And I realized many days, the last time I realized I had feet yeah. was when I put my shoes on in the morning. Uh -huh. And the last time I thought about breathing was maybe days ago. Yeah, the sense that we are embodied beings is really the, the core of what I do because people seem to lose, like you were saying, people mm -hmm. seem to lose a consciousness of that. And so bringing people into their own bodies brings them to the present moment, which helps them be more mindful. Because once you start to attend to the pace and depth of your breathing, the way that you're, in fact, right now, the way I'm, <laughs> the way, the way I'm holding my shoulders in a tense <laughs> manner, and then to be able to relax those things, to breathe deeper, to breathe slower, it's almost like that. that's a metaphor for living slower living more intentionally, leading yourself to the life that you want to have, the interactions that you want to have. So tell me the antidote to, I think my thinking has been flawed, but if I don't pay attention to my body and the fact that it's tired, <laughs> then I can get more done because I can just ignore the fact that I'm tired and cranky and uh -huh. hungry uh -huh. and I'll just, you know, kind of push through and get more done. And I think I hear you saying you sh I should actually pay attention to these things and remember to feed it and <laughs> give it some sleep. The problem with just pushing through, which is a mode that we all easily step into, mm -hmm. is that we keep pushing through, pushing through, and then we get to the end of our days. And it's like we, we may have missed our days. And for a leader to be able to affirm, wait, we're here, right here, right now, living, breathing, embodied human beings. And we need to use those bodily cues to understand how we feel about things. If we don't do that, I think that's a huge opportunity that's missed. And again, I'm, I'm going to sound like devil's advocate because I'm going to voice what I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to be present? I just have work to get done. <laughs> Nobody cares that I'm present. I'm a, I'm a cog. Well, <laughs> I believe that if we're more present, 
that we can be more present to ourselves, mm-hmm. that we can then be more present both to the tasks that we want mm-hmm. and choose to accomplish mm-hmm. and to those with whom we interact. It's, it's funny because this is something I've been working on a lot recently and the awareness that I am always multitasking. Mm-hmm. If I'm not checking my phone, mm-hmm. I'm twitchy. Mm-hmm. And you see me walking, mm-hmm. always with my phone mm-hmm. on, always in conversation. Mm-hmm. There's little downtime, and I think there's a big physiological impact. Oh, huge. By the end of the week, I am not functional. That continuous partial attention is so bad for our brains. So, in fact, that's not even true that, that we can multitask, because really what we're doing is task switching when we do that. Mm -hmm. Um, we all get, we, we fool ourselves into think, oh, we can do two, three t- t- things at the same time, mm-hmm. but that's really not true. And then the net result of that is we're exhausted by the end of the day and we can't be present for our home lives or mm-hmm. lives with our loved ones. And I realize I haven't been present with people with whom I'm interacting. Mm-hmm. And Even as at a work. Leader, mm-hmm. and yeah, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on a phone call checking my email. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, that's really a disservice to those whom you lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm making a very conscious effort to stop. Mm-hmm. But I realize probably about 15 minutes into a phone call, uh-huh. I get twitchy. Interesting. <laughs> because I'm imagining how many emails have come in over those 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I have to turn off all the notifications oh. or I literally start to probably twitch. Mm-hmm. I think it's very good to take time offline. So that while you're speaking to somebody that you could be fully present, hear what they're saying, react appropriately to what they're saying so that you can fully be in the moment with that person and then move on to the next thing. Which is why I walk and have phone calls because it takes me away from my computer. Hmm. So, so Mariana and I live close and so she sees me often with on my Bluetooth walking and it's the best way for me to... Both the process of walking engages both parts of my brain, mm-hmm. and I'm away from my laptop. Uh-huh. So the temptation to multitask isn't there. Mm-hmm. I'm not deciding to clean or pick something up. Mm-hmm. I, I am physically away from the computer, so I'm not doing something that I think won't take much attention. Except you're not fully getting your walk in. No, but, I, but I'm also <laughs> not multitasking during my phone call. <laughs> so I'll, yeah. I do occasionally walk without a phone <laughs> or without a headset because uh-huh. I'm counting steps still. Uh-huh. Just the, the ability to recover it mm-hmm. is just so important for the human. So let's talk a little bit about your research because mm-hmm. I think it focuses heavily on recovery and how your interventions specifically impact the human body mm-hmm. and health. So over the years, uh, over about the past 14 years, I've been researching different types of high stress work environments. And so I use my intervention, mindfulness in motion to introduce a way to, uh, a way in which to step away from the daily crazy chaos for 10 to 20 minutes a day in order to get, ourselves in the habit of being there because Mm -hmm. it is a habit thing. And Mm -hmm. we're so used to not being there by, by multitasking and trying to get more done. The reality is we get less done. So, Mm -hmm. so the, the research has really two components. It has the physiological component that we test through salivary alpha amylase, which is a a marker, salivary marker of sympathetic nervous system activation and we've gotten a 40 percent reduction of that with intensive care nurses after uh, the post-test as compared to the pre-test of the eight weeks which was great and then the other thing that we really look at is individual worker work engagement are people more energized in order to truly be there during their work day and the answer is a resounding yes so if I do this, if I spend the 20 minutes a day mm-hmm. stepping away, mm-hmm. 
then in fact I'm going to regain that 20 minutes easily uh, and be more productive. Yeah, or way more than the 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go home feeling like I've been mm -hmm. run over by a bus. That's, that's what people report. Um, the, the sense of being rested so that they can fully attend to what they're supposed to be doing, especially like people that are in healthcare, that really need to attend to patient care. It has been highly effective to help people do that. And I'm assuming similar issues in high-stress business environments. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Nobody mm -hmm. dies when we make a mistake. So it's not like critical care nurses. Mm -hmm. But our, our felt sense of responsibility may feel similar. Oh, absolutely. Our nervous system is doing mm -hmm. the same thing, mm -hmm. even though I don't see someone terminally ill on the other side of my mm -hmm. desk. Mm -hmm. Actually, with the, with the nurses, it isn't the patient that is the most stressful. It is the patient's families. Mm, so, so it's not the life and death thing. It's oh. the personal interaction that causes stress. So in a business environment, in fact, um, I've not done research with, but worked with refuge collectors and um, city employees. And across the board, whether it be doctors, nurses, um, employees of government, teachers. teachers, employees of high stress work environments, the thing, the thing that universally causes people stress is other people. <laughs> <laughs> this is not surprising. <laughs> so, so learning how to manage one's reactions then becomes critical to being able to manage your own leadership abilities, both for yourself and then to lead other people. So if I'm a leader and I engage in a mindfulness practice, mm -hmm. I'll be more relaxed and able to deal with the problems that arise often because of other people. Mm -hmm. and, and be able to identify your, your own reactions when mm -hmm. this person says something, I always react in a certain way. Beginning to notice that is the first thing that empowers you to change your reaction. So I notice it, I manage it. Yes. And teaching my employees to do the same mm -hmm. thing may also cause them to manage their reactions before they show up at my door rather than <laughs> after. And empower them to do so. <laughs> yes. And in coaching, that's often what I'm helping people do is build that awareness first of my body and then of my um, level of anxiety and frustration mm -hmm. through my physiology and then to myself in timeout before I actually have a client who says that I put myself in timeout this weekend mm -hmm. uh, because I because in his case he would say I, I realized my stress was too high mm -hmm. and I was gonna do something I'd regret mm -hmm. so I knew I needed to step away mm -hmm. and and we used the concepts that you've taught me and taught us about mindfulness for him and it made a huge difference in his career and he's led himself into a strong leadership role by, by doing that, right? And interestingly, he, he came to me initially because he had some anger issues. Mm -hmm. And at one point he reported somebody yelling at people at work. Mm -hmm. And he said, I had to go in and I realized that used to be me. Mm. And then I went in and tried to attend to what these upset employees were dealing with. But really powerful that through just that personal awareness, mm -hmm. he was able to stop being the guy mm -hmm. yelling mm -hmm. and presumably also really made a difference with his two kids mm. who he found frustrating at times. Yeah, it's not like we're a different person between work and home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we take ourselves to whatever situation we're in. And so from a leadership perspective, teaching people to be aware of what's going on mm -hmm and how Huge. they're reacting. Mm -hmm. For him, it made a big difference. And for any of us trying to build resilience, we need to understand our what's happening in our bodies and then our emotional response and manage it. Mm -hmm. And it gives you the power to do that. Which is just really exciting. So why don't you again restate then what is mindfulness just so that we're going into break with a clear definition of what is it and why do we care? Sure. 
it's it's the ability to attend to the moments of our lives as we're living them, which gives us the ability to manage those moments. So attend to I am aware of, mm -hmm. so I can identify and name it, mm -hmm. both my physiology and then the feelings that go yes. with it. Mm -hmm. And by noticing and naming, now I can be present to mm -hmm. and make different choices. Yeah, or the same, but it's giving you the choice and it lets you stand in that. And then the other thing I heard was multiple attention multitasking mm -hmm. isn't actually multitasking. Right. It's, it's interrupted tasking. Right. Continuous so, partial attention okay. to different tasks. Okay. Our brain task switches. Okay, task switches. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, that's the thing that exhausts me. Mm -hmm. That it's like having multiple mm -hmm. apps running in the background mm -hmm. on my phone. Mm -hmm. Except the phone is my brain and my mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. And all of that stuff running at the same time does the same thing to me that I get the notice on my phone. <laughs> Too many apps running in the background. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. This is Marianna Klatt and Maureen Metcalf. We're going to go into our first break. And Marianna will come back and talk about her mindfulness-based interventions. Thank you. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one -on -one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf with Marianna Klatt talking about mindfulness. So, Marianna, can you tell us a little bit more about your program? You mentioned four components, but I'm not sure everyone has the same sense of what that looks like. Sure. So, I'm a yoga teacher, and um, I went to University of Massachusetts to, to learn about mindfulness, mindfulness-based stress reduction from John Kabat-Zinn. Um, so I came back from that and decided to combine those things. And so mindfulness in motion is what I put together. And it's one hour a week for eight weeks with a 20-minute meditation daily that people can download from the Internet. Mm -hmm. And then actually I cut it down to 10 minutes for healthcare workers that I'm currently working with. And you're getting good results even with the 10 minutes. I don't know. I'm in the middle oh, of that. Oh, this is the new, yeah. new research. Okay, so we'll find <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so, but we'll see. Um, so we meet once a week as a group, and that's mm -hmm. where the community really happens. Okay. And then everybody individually ha 
practices on their own by listening to the guided meditation okay. every every day. Okay, yeah. 20 minutes. Now, is that at work, at home? Does it, it depends. It, I designed it so you could do it at work. Okay. I designed it so a person could do it at their desk. Mm-hmm. And so many people do that. Some people do it before at, when they first get in their car in the morning before they start their car. I was going to say they're not driving while they're driving. No. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> this is multitasking. No, no, no. Not no. advisable. That's the reason I had to switch to downloads on the internet because uh-huh. I had a set of CDs that everybody was using. Uh-huh. But in the end, we only had CD players in our cars. Ah, got it. <laughs> and I was afraid <laughs> so I have of to that. sit in my car yeah, and do yeah. my... Right. So anyway, um, some people do it at work. Some okay. people do it on their way home. Some people do it before bed. So okay. Okay. all different. Whenever it works for that individual okay. is what, what happens. So what does that, what does, for some people, we haven't meditated. What mm-hmm. does meditation and cognitive restructuring mean? Well, it, it basically means, let me, let me sort of define mindfulness. It's basically becoming aware of the life that you're living. Okay. It's waking up to realizing, what do I think about all day? Ah, my the, my mind's running all right. day long, and I right. just don't pay it. I'm engaged in doing whatever I do, and I don't step back to observe what I'm thinking. Well, I think people aren't even engaged in what they're really doing. Ah, okay. So when they're cooking, being engaged in the process of putting the meal together. No, mm-hmm. they're they're thinking of other things. They're they're not there. Their bodies are there, but mm-hmm. their minds are not there. So watching the news, doing whatever, yeah. yelling right. at their children. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I I think there's three parts to mindfulness. And the first is noticing. Okay. Really becoming aware of what we value. Mm-hmm. What do you value mm-hmm. and are you doing those things during the day? Mm-hmm. Um what do you consider stressful? People really vary on this. Okay. The same event could be totally stressful to me and not stressful at all to you. So, okay. So noticing what those things are. And then when I talked before about cognitive restructuring, noticing what our thought patterns are. Mm-hmm. We're all different again on that. Mm-hmm. Some people totally spend their day thinking about what they have to do next rather than being there they while are. they're doing <laughs> whatever they're mm-hmm. doing in the present. Mm-hmm. The, the second element to mindfulness is, is really flexibility. It, it's physical flexibility. Uh, both, oh, both, okay. both body and mind. Okay. It's trying out different ways. So like, for example, uh, crush, if you could cross your arms mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. over your chest. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the, whatever way you have your arms mm-hmm. crest, crossed and all the listeners have your arms crossed. Now, cross them the, the other way, way, the opposite oh. way. Did and I... see, see how awkward that feels? I, I may have just done the same thing again. Now, did you, I change it? You did, okay. you did change it. But it feels awkward because it's like the flexibility stuff. If you can practice doing some physical things differently than you mm-hmm. typically do them, that helps our minds also get more yes okay yeah so, so that's what so i'm talking in the body, about there. so in the mind yes right okay um paying attention to how you breathe and then changing the way that you breathe people begin to recognize that not only does the the pace and depth in which we are breathing has emotional effects on us so we can change our mm-hmm. emotions by changing our breath and then we can also do the opposite of that so, so mm. it, do you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So when I'm high, when I'm stressed, I tend to breathe less deeply, right? And it Quicker. perpetuates the yes. stress. Yes. So we we teach in the resilience course a couple of things. One is feet on the ground, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths. Imagine that you are with someone who cares about you, mm. your family, your dog, some mm-hmm. even a deceased person, mm-hmm. someone your grandparents. Uh huh. Putting yourself in that mindset of everything's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm then going into the meeting where mm-hmm. rather than I'm convinced before I go in, something right. bad's going to happen. Right. So the, the statistic I use, and I don't remember the source, is five minutes of negative thinking causes six hours of physiological impact. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, one thing that I learned, uh, and this was from Jill uh, Bolte Taylor, the woman that wrote my stroke of insight. You know, the woman oh, yeah, from yeah, Harvard that had yeah. had the uh, stroke while she's mm-hmm. in the shower. She's thirty eight. 
takes her eight years to get back to normal. And one of the things that she said that she discovered in her recovery, and she Mm -hmm. was like a neuroscientist of some Mm -hmm. type, was that when something stressful happens to us, Mm -hmm. there's 90 seconds where our stress hormones are cascading through our body. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't help that. That's our reaction. Mm -hmm. But after that 90 seconds, we have the power to choose. Mm -hmm. Am Mm -hmm. I going to let those stress hormones keep going in my body? Or am I going to choose to to -hmm. let go of that? So, so the thing that comes to mind is I'm driving down the street, someone swerves in front of me. Mm-hmm. I hit the brakes. My entire body uh-huh. is flooded with those stress hormones. And you can't help that. Well, and kind of I want to have that happen yeah, so that I it's good. don't just run into them because I'm not paying attention. Acute stress is very important for humanity. Yeah. But what I don't need to do is then obsess about what <laughs> that idiot was right. texting and... Right. Um, the story about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then go tell everyone mm-hmm. how bad it was. And You're now, just now continuing I'm perpetuating this. Right. The right. hormones. And right. I'm actually reinfusing probably a little bit every time I tell that story. Absolutely. And so that kind of brings us to the third element of mindfulness. And it's cultivating new ways of being. Uh, recognizing some new opportunities. Letting go of that mm-hmm. when the person mm-hmm. almost yeah. hits you. Yeah. And, and that's cultivating a new way of being. Um, reinforcing how you really want to live your life. You don't want to go on for the next two hours talking about you almost got in an accident. No, in fact, I'd like to believe that person's having a bad day and... (laughs) (laughs) Didn't mean to do it, right? (laughs) Yeah, rather than they're out to get me because they don't know me. (laughs) Usually that's reserved for someone who might actually make a conscious attempt to... Right. Yeah, so the reframing... It's it the reframing. Like, okay. So so sort of in some, I, I look at mindfulness like a, a, as if it's a preemptive approach to building resilience. It's not something you do. It's an approach to living. Um, okay. It's a habit of being in each moment and letting the moment happen rather than telling a story about what's going to happen in the moment or telling a story about what mm-hmm. happened in the past. It's, it's, it's like a tool... That, that has a protective factor for us. Ah, okay. And I'm assuming this actually rewires my brain. Yes, it can. Um, so it, with functional MRIs, uh, so we did a study. Um, Rachika Prakash was the um, investigator from the Department of Psychology. And she and I did a study um, with 32 older adults. Okay. And we ran them through a functional MRI before mm-hmm the eight weeks mm-hmm. and then after, and then mm-hmm. there was a control mm-hmm. group. And um, she determined that there were some differences there in the functional MRI. Just af- in eight weeks. Af- yeah. After the, mm-hmm. So that was, so we saw some differences. Um, in the New York times, David Creswell, uh, th- there was a, a couple of weeks ago, an article about his research where they have shown that the differences that happen in the brain is because there's differences in inflammation. Ah, okay. Yeah. So back to your inflammation uh-huh. study. Mm-hmm. So connecting change in inflammation changes my brain. Mm-hmm. Changes my quality of life. Right. And, and then I stopped going to the ER. <laughs> <laughs> well, in David Creswell's study, what he found was that even four months after people stopped the intervention, there were differences in IL-6, interleukin-6, which makes a difference. Um in our health and in immunities. So they ah, connected okay. what was going on in the brain with our immune system. Okay. So how is it that I have changed the way I think? And that is a, even if I'm not doing the intervention, I have slightly modified yeah. what mm-hmm. I do and how mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So and that's a change. So, and that's mm-hmm. a, uh, an actual change, not a, it's a sustained change for many people. Yeah, but I think you have to, on a daily basis, sort of incorporate that into your life. Okay. Um, it, it's almost like it invites us to stay aware in the present mm-hmm. rather than spending our whole lives distracting ourselves or thinking about the past mm-hmm. or strategizing about the future. Mm-hmm. So it's that ability to stay in the present. Mm-hmm. So I still sometimes think about the future and I still yeah. sometimes think about the past. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but more often I'm able to stop when I'm in a meeting and pay attention to the person in front of me. Yeah, because otherwise a leader could miss what's really going on there. 
often misses what's really going on there. Well, that's what you do, innovative leadership. (laughs) And I practice this on myself because it is easy to be on a phone call and hear a text and stop and look at the text and miss something important Uh from this person that's sitting in front of me and Mm -hmm. that I value. Mm -hmm. And yet it's bad discipline Mm -hmm. on my part. Well, I don't know if it's bad, so I wouldn't put that judgment thing on it. I know better. I should not do this. But and yet I, it's I not fall helpful. into a habit. Yeah. Okay, it's not helpful. It's not helpful to either you nor the organization. And mm-hmm. I think if you start looking at it that way, it, it kind of gives you a, a reason to do it, mm-hmm. to be there. And because I've been practicing this, I am actually there more. And I recognize the quality of the experience is discernibly different. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And yet I still get twitchy when my phone starts buzzing. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing people don't realize is that it's not just the chronic stress that's so bad for our physiology. It It is also. Right. But it's how we think about our stress. So so there's a new book out called The Upside of Stress. Okay. And in this book, they talk about your mindset towards your stress. Like, do you find being under, you know, having all these deadlines for some some people that could be extremely stressful? And other people like working at the last minute. But some people are energized by that. So it depends. Yeah. And so what her finding is, is that. It's your mindset for how you frame the stresses that you're under. Okay. So again, the reframing. Uh, Again, the reframing. So back to that. Uh Back to noticing how you relate to what you're thinking about. So it sounds like managing my thinking can be huge. Huge. Yes. Okay. And these are things I can do without spending a bunch of money and spending a bunch of time. Well, in a certain sense... It doesn't take any time because it's changing the way that you're going Mm -hmm. about your days. Mm -hmm. I do think it's helpful to have a sustained practice at the beginning Mm -hmm. so you Mm -hmm. get into the pattern of doing that, even if it's 10 minutes a day. And for many of us, we can do 10 10 minutes before work, 10 minutes after work. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting ready for my day and then I'm ramping down after the day. Actually, one thing that I really think is effective is mindful eating. Oh, interesting. We're going to eat anyway. You're going to eat lunch or Mm -hmm. whatever meal Mm -hmm. you're going to eat while you're working. (laughs) So mindful eating is one thing where you pay attention to what you're eating when you're eating it. You start to do that, you get so much more enjoyment out Hmm. of your food. That means I can't stand at my kitchen counter while working. (laughs) And eat? Yeah. Depends. (laughs) I am mindfully aware that I have habits that are probably not healthy. But once you start to pay attention to that, you realize sometimes you're not hungry. Mm. That what you're eating, you're trying to repress the stress or whatever. What are you really hungry, hungry for? Are you hungry for connection? Mm. Are you hung- <laughs> Are you hungry for uh, relief from whatever stress you're yeah. under? Yeah. It's often relief from the anxiety of right. the thing I have to get done next. Right. It, yeah. It's that. It's the anxiety through that's the day the, yeah. and the to-do list. Mm-hmm. And how will I ever get it done? Mm-hmm. Rather than doing it. Doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Saving yourself some time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have to build in my stress out time. Uh-huh. But, but it is funny how when I stop doing that, it's amazing how quickly some of those tasks that I had... Get done. That I assumed were going to take a long time. And it's a relief. Mm-hmm. That, that's the part that amazes me on a daily level. Mm-hmm. I, I can get so much more done without multitasking. How is this possible? Yeah, it seems counterintuitive. But but I can guarantee for myself mm-hmm. and for the participants that's that's been my experience. Perfect. Thank you. We're going to go to break now. So again, this is Mariana Klatt and Maureen Metcalf talking about mindfulness. We'll come back and talk some more specifically about leaders and the organization.
Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. This is Segment 3, Maureen Metcalf and Mariana Klott talking about mindfulness. So let's talk a little bit about leaders specifically. How can leaders use this to become more effective? We've kind of talked around it, but very directly. What is it going to get me? Well, one of the things that I think it can get you is having happier workers. Hmm. So more wh- engaged? More engaged. <laughs> more productive? Um, more productive, I think so. Um, and one of the ways that I would start this for mm-hmm. a leader, if I were interested in this, mm-hmm. I think investigating it on your own would, is interesting. Okay. But another way to do it as part of your company or mm-hmm. part of your organization is to invite as a group. Like, we're going to experiment with this together. Mm-hmm. So what about starting a meeting saying, what happened to you for the last 20 minutes? Are you? Were you rushing, getting your kids ready mm-hmm. out the door, mm-hmm. got in traffic, getting here to work? Mm-hmm. Can you leave all that outside the door mm-hmm. as we start our meeting? And taking a couple of moments of silence so people can actually center themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in their bodies. So I do that with grad students, and I have to admit, only when I remember, <laughs> which is not always. <laughs> but same thing. We're, we're 6 o'clock in the evening. Everyone's driving from work. Frantically, probably. Trying to get their homework done, probably while they're driving. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to drive from somewhere. Mm -hmm. We're parking, running into class. Mm -hmm. Nobody has eaten, or most people have not eaten dinner. Uh They're worried about the whatever we're going to do in class, and then whatever they're going to go home to. And so... It varies what we do, but often just, again, close your eyes, feel your feet on the ground... For most of us, I haven't felt my feet or noticed I had feet unless I fell over something since I put my shoes on in the morning. Take a few breaths. And then I will also do, in some cases, a visualization again. The Think of someone who loves you. Think of sometime, something that makes you happy. Uh-huh. Um, just to, to, again, kind of shift the mood a little bit. Not to make it <coughs> weird or woo-woo, but yeah, yeah. relating to the work we're doing. And sometimes what I find helpful is to take that moment of silence, center people in their bodies, bring their attention to their breath, and then before anybody speaks, to visualize what they're going to talk about. Mm. Like as a group, what are we talking about today? What's the positive outcome if this meeting goes well? Yeah. And somehow if you get that intention, Mm -hmm. and maybe the intention is the process 
of having everybody contribute, mm -hmm. having people listen to one another rather mm -hmm. than interrupting. You know, a lot of what I work with is gratitude. And if I know I'm walking into a meeting that's difficult mm -hmm. with someone I find challenging, uh -huh. I try to do something. And again, they seem so simple. Um, what are three things I am grateful about for this person? Or uh -huh. what are three talents they have? Because it's easy to get into this person disagrees with me all the time, this is going to be difficult, all that stuff. And yet it is that very characteristic that I find challenging that often makes them valuable to the organization. Mm -hmm. Because they are different, and that annoys me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but they're good at something. But sometimes just becoming aware of how you feel about that difficult mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. and not judging like, oh, I really should like them. Mm -hmm. I just find them difficult. <laughs> then you can let go of it. And, okay. then, and then you don't weave this big story about yeah. why they're so difficult. Why don't they like me? Why don't they listen to me? Blah, blah, blah. It just I, is. I try, I try not to do the story, although it's hard to... It's very hard. Yeah, we all but, do the stories. <laughs> but I do try to find something good about them. Because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. again, for me, that's the reframe that there's a reason they're here. Uh -huh. <laughs> they add value to the organization. Uh -huh. They add value to me. Mm -hmm. And yes, in fact, the challenge is part of the process. No, I agree with that. What, an, another little technique that I use is when I start in my head weaving a story about mm -hmm. something, mm -hmm. either that I'm afraid is going to happen mm -hmm. or I'm ruminating about mm -hmm. the past, is I ask myself, is this story good for me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if that story is not good mm -hmm. for me to tell... Mm -hmm myself in my head mm -hmm. like oh that person never listens mm -hmm. then I'm going to create that person is never listening to me and I'm going to react as if they don't listen yes. and that causes it whether or not <laughs> yeah. they're listening or not yes and yet there are times so we come here there's traffic on the way here mm -hmm. before we left part of the story was we should drive separately because there's traffic on Friday nights mm -hmm. that's probably helpful <laughs> to, to because it caused us to take an action not to now ruminate on traffic on Friday nights, but now I have taken action to alleviate the stress. So, so I guess trying to point out the difference between creating a story that just releases stress hormones in my body and thinking through a scenario that causes me to take corrective action proactively. So it has to do with paying attention to the things that matter. Okay. Like the getting fact, where we need to be. Right. And that mattered. That was yeah. information yeah. that made a difference. Mm -hmm. And so that makes sense to pay attention to that. Okay. So what mindfulness, what it helps with is allowing you to see the difference between irrelevant negative information. Okay. And that I, that, I think, is one of the big differences. So the relevant stuff I should keep focusing on. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah be because it matters. <laughs> right. so, so it's like selectively attending to, to the positive. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about gratitude, that's, mm -hmm. what, you're, that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. you're, you're selectively attending to the positive about something. Mm -hmm. um, and we also need to pay attention to the relevant negative stuff. But the, the stuff we want to get rid of is to dismiss the irrelevant negative stuff I, and the stuff i ruminate on yes somebody did might yes. do did before mm -hmm. will do again and the reality is we don't know that that's yeah. a story yeah <laughs> well and so, and so actually it might be useful before we switch to organizations is what do you mean when you say i'm telling a story in my head it means different than than the event that's happening like, mm -hmm. right, you and I are speaking. Yeah, yeah. So the, one could observe that happening. Yes, that, no that is something that's happening. But a story that I could have going on in, mm -hmm. in my mind while mm -hmm. we're speaking mm -hmm. is, uh, she's not listening to me, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter, she doesn't like what I'm saying. All of that is so dysfunctional for me mm -hmm. to have that... Mm -hmm. that, that um, line of thought going on in my head and that's what i mean by weaving the story so that story that i'm creating positive or negative right distracts me mm -hmm. creates stress well and it's not real <laughs> i mean you're, yeah. you're making it up in our heads well and and so it sounds like mindfulness is that ability to step back and realize i'm telling a story yes 
Because so often yes. we're so into the story, I don't even recognize that we act like you it's think reality. I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just doing the thing, mm-hmm. and I'm doing the story mm-hmm. without an awareness that it is a made-up story. It is mind blowing once we all start to watch mm-hmm. the stories that we make up in our own head. <laughs> you know, I can point to the time, the first time something where I noticed it. Where I was having some story about somebody, um, I thought they were stupid because they disagreed with me. And being able to, because of course I want to be right and I want them to be wrong. (laughs) Um, But being able to then step back and say, wow, what the heck are you doing? And it was perspective altering Uh that I realized Uh I am making up an interpretation that is not based on fact Uh about a person to protect my self-image mm-hmm. that was liberating in that i could re recraft the entire story so i want to thank mariana so much for joining us today i'm delighted to have the opportunity to share your work with our listeners i have such high regard for you and the research you've done and i'm delighted that other people get to hear it so i want to recap a couple of the things that mariana shared with us today One, that multitasking is detrimental to our ability to function. What we think is multitasking is actually continual partial attention, and in fact, it causes exhaustion, not more work. So that in fact, by stepping back and allowing ourselves time to recharge, what we would consider doing nothing or relaxing actually allows our body to recharge and leaves us with more energy, more ability to focus, more ability to be present. And that allows us to actually recover the time we spend being mindful in that we get our tasks done more effectively and that we are also more present with the people in our lives, either as leaders or as uh, family members. So this idea of taking a mindful this break, Mariana's research has proven that it can reduce stress as measured by salivary cortisol by about 40%. And that has been proven true not only with clinical ICU nurses, but also in business organizations. So to wrap up, I want to thank everyone for joining us. This is Maureen Metcalf, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'd love to hear from you. My email address is info at metcalf-associates.com. Would love to hear which shows you like, any comments or questions for Mariana, or feedback on what we're doing well or not doing so well. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.